News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Good morning, this is Cara Gustenberg, Professor of Environmental Policy. Um, Cara, do we expect any big headline ticket items from, from, from this COP? Well, I think the, the main point of the COP and the point of every COP is to make sure that emissions are are going down to achieve this 1.5 degree uh, limit of, of warming that, that these 297 countries have committed to. So right now we know that the pledges on the table, if every country achieved those pledges, we would reach about 2.5 degrees of warming by the end of the century compared to pre-industrial levels. And, and to put that in context, once we get to about 1.7 or 1.8 degrees of warming, half of the world's population is then living in conditions that are life-threatening with respect to heat and, and humidity. So it's really important that all of these countries, you know, up their ambition, put their put new pledges on the table to, to get to that 1.5 degree limit. And right now, only 25 of those 297 countries have put new pledges on the table. So okay. the pressure will be on. Uh, and then, as always, the, the, the second issue will be financing. So developing countries want more money to help them transition from, uh, from fossil fuels to renewable, to adapt to climate change and really to deal with the current loss and damage they're experiencing from climate change that's happening now. Uh, Before the texters will fire them into me, um, what about the fact that countries like China, who are major polluters, don't sign up to these things? How how realistic is it to expect that that other, I suppose, better behaved countries can affect change when, when major polluters exist out there with some kind of impunity? It would seem we still do business with them. Well, that's not true. China is part of the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change, and they have committed to reducing emissions. So in, in the Paris Climate Agreement, you know, a lot of the negotiation they're was still opening the coal burning fuel plants. They're still behaving in a way that we wouldn't see here. Yeah, they have commitments, though, to to peak their emissions uh, well before 2030. And they are leading in terms of solar panel manufacturing and installation. Most of the panels we get are from places like China. So they're they're certainly not perfect. They need to do more like every other country, but they are part of this process. And I know that President Joe Biden has said his big focus at this COP will be to get them back uh, at the negotiating table, back increasing their ambition like we're asking other countries to do. So it is really important that we have these negotiations every year because climate change is a global problem. It can't be fixed unless every country does their fair share. And the purpose of these negotiations is to is to really pull push every country to be doing more to address the problem. Yeah, it seems that Greta Thunberg won't be in attendance this year. Is, is, is that good or bad in that that certainly I, I suspect she was a thorn in the side of maybe the last one, but, but equally she's very good at highlighting the issues internationally. Yeah, I mean, I can appreciate her frustration with the accusations of greenwashing because there are a lot of companies and a, a lot of other groups at these events that are not part of the negotiations that participate in what we call side events, uh, which can definitely appear like corporate greenwashing in a lot of instances. But at the same time, the role of civil society at the COPs has been really, really critical. It was critical in getting the Paris Climate Agreement over the line. It was critical last year in Glasgow. Uh, so it is also important to be really inclusive at these events and make sure that civil society groups like Fridays for Future, like Greta Thunberg, like Friends of the Earth uh, can participate in, in the events sure. and, and they do put the pressure on. on and the we have internet. heard that, that there are some climate activists who've, who have been arrested. Uh, do we know much about this? 
Yeah, I, I think there is a concern that that you know it's being hosted in Egypt yeah. this year. It's a country that has typically not been uh, very amenable to civil society demonstrations and protests. Uh, we have been told that there is going to be a space for protests and and that the protests will be allowed in that space. But uh, I know from experience that protesters like to protest in spaces other than the designated uh, areas. So I think there there's a concern. But there's thirty thousand people registered to attend this conference. Glasgow had thirty five thousand. And so I'm I'm quite surprised at, at the numbers of, of, of civil society groups that are planning to attend, including people from Ireland that will be going to, to keep the pressure on the Irish government and the EU. Just talking to Pat Kenny there a moment ago, and he's going to be uh, dealing with the issue on, on his programme a little bit later on of climate fatigue. Is there a danger? I was just saying to Vincent, one of the words in this year's dictionary, the, they always add new words to the dictionary, is permacrisis, that we've lurched from from pandemics to, you know, we've health crisis, housing crisis. Is, is there a danger that the, the climate crisis will be lumped in with all the other crises and people will eventually stop caring because there's just too many things to think about. Yeah, I mean, I think it's understandable that that people get fatigued. It's a huge existential crisis. It's very hard to get your head around. It's very hard to feel like you as an individual can fix this problem. And even myself, we've had five climate reports come out this week. And if I engrossed myself in every one of them, I wouldn't get my work done. So uh, so we have to give people a little bit of compassion and understanding that, that this is a tough issue to get your he- head around. The important thing is that we all know it's happening and we all know we need to change our lifestyles and, and move away from fossil fuels. And I think if everyone understands Understands that that is a win. And then we have to keep evaluating the science because the climate is changing so rapidly that we need to make sure that the things that we're doing now will actually address the problem, will allow us to adapt to the climate change we've locked in okay. uh, rather, rather than meaningless policies that don't have an impact. And lastly, Cara, I know we discussed it on this programme earlier during the week, the reports that um, Eamon Ryan is looking for, I suppose, a rubber stamp from Cabinet to, to, to sign Ireland up to whatever agreements come out of COP27 in advance. Um, um I would have some concerns about that. What what do you make of that? Is is it is it good for any country to just agree without maybe governmental debate or cabinet debate in their own countries? Is that not an, an erosion of democracy? Well, we've all agreed as as part of this framework, we in Ireland have agreed to abide by the goal of doing our fair share to to limit warming to 1.5 degrees of Celsius. And and so that is the overall goal we've agreed to. Everything that happens at the COP is focused on that goal. So it is what what tasks do we need to do to achieve that? So I, I think that that issue might be blown out of context a bit in that we have agreed to the goal. Uh, now this is talking about the different tasks and the different areas that we focus on. So I don't think any Anything is going to be coming out of the COP that doesn't align with that overall goal we've already agreed to. Okay. Look, thank you very much for, for, for speaking to us this morning on COP27, which of course kicks off on Sunday. That is Cara Augustenberg, Professor of Environmental Policy at UCD and member of the Climate Advisory Council. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.